Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you happy this evening? Amen. Amen. I believe that you had a blessed time on Sunday uh, when Brother Shetty spoke to you about uh, what to overcome. Amen. It wasn't such a blessed message. It was a lovely message indeed. I traveled very well. And I've got greetings from Shalom Tabernacle. Amen. Amen. Now, without waste of time, let us turn to our Bibles, Second Corinthians. Second uh, Corinthians, Brother Philip is traveling. Don't be surprised if you don't see him here. He'll be back on Sunday. Amen. Second Corinthians. Chapter 11, the verse will be verse 14. Let's read it together. And no, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Don't just follow the light. Check what type of light are you following. The devil has a church. The devil has a prophet. The devil has preachers. The devil has a gospel. The devil has a church. But you need to be able to discern. Therefore, it is no great if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. The devil has ministers Amen. whose end shall be according to their works. Amen. I think let's just go the same chapter. Let's go back to verse 2. For I am jealous over you with godly jealous. For I am jealous over you with godly jealous. How many in the building have ever had a godly jealousy over somebody? Maybe a godly jealousy over your daughter or over your son. Godly jealousy has to do with wishing somebody the best of the best. Amen. I've got a godly jealousy over you as a church. Amen. For I have espoused you to one husband. For I have espoused you to one husband. That I may present you as a chaste vision to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, 
so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, for if he that cometh and preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not accepted, there is a Jesus that we have not accepted. Or if he receive another spirit, which he have not received, or another gospel, which he have not accepted, he might he might well bear with him. Paul says he is afraid that there might come another person that preaches another Jesus, another gospel, with another spirit, and you may bear with him. That was the greatest fear of Paul. And I believe it is still the greatest fear today. Just before I let you see it, just one last scripture. Second Timothy, the chapter is chapter 4. We'll read from verse 1 to verse 4. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom preach the weight be instant in season and out of season Reprove, rebuke, rebuke. exhort with all the long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And I'm saying the time has arrived. But after their own last, they shall they heap to themselves the teachers. Having itching ears, they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned in unto fables. As a prayer, gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate the traveling mercy. We appreciate it for a wonderful service on Sunday. And dear God, we expect more from you this evening. We have come here and read the scripture, and we are going to fellowship around the weight that we have read. And dear God, as Paul of the old said, he had godly jealousy over the church then. Even this evening, we do have a godly jealousy over the church. That least any man should come and corrupt their minds with the simplicity of the gospel, dear God. But dear God, I know the scripture says in the end time, the two spirits will be so close that if it were possible, it would deceive the very elect. 
I'm glad to know that there are people that are not going to be deceived. I'm glad to know that there are people that are not going to be defeated. I'm glad to know that there are people that will not live the truth. I'm glad to know that there are people that will embrace this message right until the rapture. I'm glad that there are people that will not accept another Jesus, people that will not accept another gospel, people that will not be susceptible to a new spirit. But dear God, they will stick with the truth that was once delivered unto the saints. And this evening, we want to dwell in and help us to expose Satan. But as we expose him, we need to get closer to you, dear God. Lord, we see the signs. This is a home-going time. Things are just falling apart. But dear God, there is a kingdom that has got to stand. And that is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear God, there is a promise of the rapture. And I believe that us coming here this evening, it is part of the preparation for the rapture. Whatever it is needed for the rapture, make it available tonight. If there is any man or woman that you have got to deliver tonight, may you deliver them. If there is somebody that you've got to heal, may you heal them. If there is somebody that you've got to encourage, may you encourage them. But on where all is said and done, we want to remain standing. We've read the scripture, may you come and be your own interpreter. And dear God, we bind every demonic activity in the name of Jesus Christ. Your people have come here because you are a place of refuge. Many of them are fighting various battles. Some of the battles we are not aware of. But you know every battle that every believer is engaged in. But I'm glad, dear God, you said the battle is not ours. The battle, it is of the Lord. Even this evening, all the battles that may be in the building, summed up as they are, they are not their battle. It is your battle, Heavenly Father. And may you overcome for them, dear God. May you drive demons away from their path. May you clear, dear God, the supernatural channel through which you speak to your people. This evening, we are very much encouraged to know that the saints of yesterday, despite, dear God, the opposition and things that they faced, they never gave up, dear God. This evening, I'm glad that there are people that are going, not going to give up, dear God. Lord, we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. While you take your seats for a few minutes. Amen. I just want to take a few minutes and speak on flee away from sugar-coated gospel. Flee away from a sugar-coated gospel. In America, they would call it a candy religion. Amen. Flee away from 
a sugar-coated gospel. That's what I would want to speak on. Now, if we can just read another scripture, First John chapter 2, verse 15. First John, that is the elder, John chapter 2, verse 15. Amen. Let's make sure that my door in the office is locked. Amen. First John chapter 2, verse 15. It reads in this manner if it is found. Love not the world. Invite everybody. It is Bible study tonight. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Folks, he that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Straightforward. For all that is in the world, the last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passeth away. And the last day of, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. As ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists. Whereby we know that it is the last time. How many believe that it is the last time? When he says last time, he's referring to the end time. Amen. Now, we live during a time where there are new doctrines, new revelations, new gospels springing up almost daily. And it isn't going to get better. It is going to get much worse. And the Bible has warned us clearly about the last days that strange doctrines will come forth to introduce another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. Amen. How many believe that we are living in the last times? And how many are seeing the emergency of false gospels? Strange doctrines. Watered down, water, watered down gospel. Sugar coated gospels. Now, those that know, especially the mothers would know that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine to go down. 
Amen. How many know that? Amen. That you would mix, uh, you believe that if you take a medicine and you mix it with sugar, a child will be quite receptive to consume such a, a medicine. Amen. Amen. Now, as much as the mothers believe that, there are preachers that believe that the truth has got to be sugar-coated so that it can be better consumed by people. Amen? Amen. But uh, the true doctors of the weights, which are the preachers, are not afraid to prescribe the medicine that has been made available from the Heaven's Pharmacy for the past 2,000 years. Hallelujah. But some, they see the disease, but they are afraid to treat it for fear of offending. Uh, And and some would just want to be uh, uh, tolerant. Amen. Now, we live during a time where people are no longer appreciative of the truth. People have got a religious itch. And they just step into the church for a couple of minutes for the preacher just to scratch them a bit and they feel fine and everything is wonderful and everything is okay. Then they walk out with a feeling, that feeling while still living, still living in sin and thinking nothing of it. Are you with me? Amen. Do you believe that we are living during that time? Uh, preachers are now competing with motivational speakers. Uh, it is a gospel that is devout of the truth. It is a gospel that is devout of repentance. It is the gospel that is devout of holiness. It is a gospel that is devout of a full surrendered life. That is the type of gospels that we are beginning to see emerging in the end time, but it is the fulfillment of the scripture. Now, in the message, unbelief does not hinder God, paragraph 37. How many still believe our prophet? Amen. Amen. How many will believe in our prophet till the rapture? How many believe everything that he preached from 1946 until 1965? How many believe that, folks? Amen. Amen. In the last days, what is going to take to stand is a scriptural trained church. I'll repeat the statement. What it is going to take to stand in the last days is a scriptural trained church. What does it mean to be a scriptural trained church? A church has got to be able to rightly divide the word of the truth. To be able to put the scriptures where they are supposed to be put. And to be able to eat the entire book. From Genesis to Revelation. Are we together? And a scripturally trained church is a studious church. It's the people that study the scriptures. They study the times. They study the trends. And they're able to identify in the midst of trends that in the midst of trends, this is where we stand. It is going to be a church, a scriptural trained church, is not a church that is tossed about. It has no moments of saying, we thought it was right, and we tried it, and after we tried it, we thought 
it does not work, so we are looking for something new. Are you still with me? In the last days, what's going to take to stand is a scriptural trained church on the line. For there's going to be carnal impersonations rise. Carnal impersonations will rise. When we say somebody impersonates something, that means they bring something that looks like it. As I'm told, somewhere in China, somebody had bought something, and later he realized that actually it was not original. He went back to the Chinese man, and he said, this thing is not original. And the Chinese man said, listen, here it is China. The only thing that is original, my friend, is you and me. The rest, there is nothing original. Amen. Even now, everything is going to be an impersonation. There's going to be things that are going to come that are going to look like the message, that are going to sound like the message, that are going to be preached like the message, but it is not the message. Are you, are you with me? Now, maybe just to give you an example, uh, it's not in any way, uh, I'm not trying to somewhat be disrespectful for any students that may not have done mathematics. Mathematics is not the beginning and the end of the world, but I'm just giving you an example so that you understand what I'm talking about. You still can become a great man or a great woman without mathematics, but I want to give an example so that you understand what I'm talking about. While we were doing what you would call today grade 11. Grade 11 is still standard 9. All right. While we're doing grade 11, you know that during that time you had the maths, the science class, the commerce class, and what we call the humanities your history and geography. You still remember those categories, the old timers. Now, while we're doing grade 11, then a teacher one day came, or the principal one day came and said, I've got good news to you students. Most of you have been struggling with maths. I'm talking about the original maths, which is solve X. Now, most of you have been struggling with Mathematics, but we've got a new subject that replaces mathematics. Then it was called mercantile law. Now, if you don't do mathematics because you struggle, you can somewhat go and study mercantile law. It is a replacement of mathematics. Today's math, math literacy. Now, I remember some of the clever students then, they asked the teacher an important question. They said, if we leave this mess and we do what you call is mercantile law, will mercantile law qualify us to be doctors? Will it qualify us to be accountants? And the principal said, no, it would not qualify you. Then most of the students said, then that is not mathematics. Because the mathematics that is original will make me become a doctor. But uh, to the principal, I realized the pressure. He wanted to achieve b b better results. 
He wanted the students to pass. So he thought by bringing something that is not difficult, it would make a lot of students to go through. But clever students ask that, if we take this path, to what end shall it lead to? And when they realize that the end will not be as productive as they thought it should be, then they said, uh, we are sorry, we'll continue struggling with solving X until we get it right. Now, the same approach, it is beginning to emerge even in the message ranks. People are beginning to see that the message of William Brenham, it looks like it is a bit harder. And now they are beginning to say, we can find an alternative, something that looks like it, something that sounds like it, but it is not it. But real predestinated seat will ask a question. If you introduce this new message, we want to know, will it lead into the rapture? Will it bring a body change? Will it bring the resurrection? Will it take us to the wedding supper? If the answer is no, we rather remain with the message of William Brenham. If we struggle, God will be merciful. But we are not willing to replace this message with anything, no matter how close it may seem. Do I have those people in the building now? Folks, um, I want to sound a warning bell. We've been down the road. Many have been part of us, or many are still part of us. But not everyone that is in the camp really, genuinely takes this message seriously. I'll repeat the statement. Not everybody that has got the spoken weight that goes to the message church takes this message seriously. Some, it is for social purposes. Some, it is based on what they can gain. Some, it is based on association, attractiveness in terms of association. But uh, there is a handful of people that deem this message to be worth dying for. I'll repeat the statement. There is a handful of people that deem this message to be worth dying for. To others, it can be replaced anytime. But to others, this message is irreplaceable. Are you still with me? Brother Ram says, the Bible said as it is, Janice and Jambres withstood Moses. And I'm saying there are going to be people that are going to withstood the Moses of today, who is the Elijah of today. They'll come and tell the church what he said, he did not mean it. What he said, it's not as as serious as you guys deem it to be. They would want to water down this message. They would want to sugarcoat this message. But I'm glad this evening that there are people that are going to reject that. They will reject the new message. They will reject the new Jesus. They will reject the new gospel. They will reject the new spirit. They will stick with the original spirit that brought this message. Do I have those people in the building? The Bible said, So Janus and Jambres withstood Moses. So will this mean of reprobate mind concerning the truth? Now, in the message, The Junction of Time, paragraph 18, he preached this on the 15th of Jan, 1956. He says, 
You wouldn't eat soup with a fly in it. You would not eat soup that has got a fly in it or a cockroach in it. And I'm, I'm told that a cockroach is the cleanest creature upon the face of the earth. But nonetheless, if you find a cockroach in your soup, you are not going to eat the soup. Hallelujah. You wouldn't. You would be afraid to eat food that didn't look just right and was contaminated because you know it might give you a tomain poison or something and would kill you in a little bit. You watch about this body, but that soul, you let it feast on the things of the world which you know is contaminated and can only do one thing, take you to destruction. No matter how well you treat this body and how good of food or how it lives, it's got to go to the dust of the earth. But that soul will live forever somewhere. I would rather eat contaminated soup than contaminate my soul with the things of the world any time. I would imagine that if you were to eat maybe at the, one of the local restaurants and the waitress or waiter brings you your dish and as you eat, then you discover that there is a fly there. The first thing, no matter how reserved you can be, the first thing that you are going to shout, I want to see the manager. And if the manager doesn't make you happy, you will take the number, the complaints line, you're going to phone the head office, report at such and such time, I was at such and such restaurant, and I ate such and such thing, and I'm very upset, and a lot of times today, you would go on social media, maybe even take a picture of the dish with a fly in it, and post it on social media, so that it goes viral, and tell them that they offer bad service, but the very person that gets agitated by seeing that in the food will still go out and make their soul to feed on the things of the world. How ironic. How ironic. Are you still with me? How many people today are sitting under ministries where they are feeding on things that even the prophet and the Bible has never authenticated? And they somewhat would want to rationalize it and, and find reasons to make it acceptable. Let me tell you something. Their souls are getting contaminated based on what they are feeding. Are you with me? Yes, if we preach like this, there isn't much amen that may come. But if I was saying, receive your million, the whole church will be on their feet. But what use is it to get a million and die in the next hour and go to hell while you were in church? Are you here, church? That means the reason you are here, I understand how important it is that I speak to you. It's not to impress you because I don't know. I don't know if you leave church tonight what will happen. I don't know what will happen this week. But at least, if I'm going to be the last preacher that you would ever hear upon the face of the earth, I have to tell you the truth, because the Bible says, know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And I'm saying, if the love of God is in you, you will not love the things of the world. 
if the love of God is in you, you're going to cleave to the weight and nothing else but to the weight. Are you still with me? Which is more important, your body or your soul? But why are we so careful about what this body consumes? But we are so careless about what the soul consumes. Why do we have healthy bodies but sick souls? Are you still with me? And the brother says, help us. And I say this evening, may God help us. Now, Brother Brahm says in the message, why are people so toast about? Paragraph 191. He says, God help us this morning and this evening in our instance to enter into that inner life. Quit staying out here where you are toast about by every wind of doctrine. Every little thing comes along. Folks, I hate a trial and error gospel. I hate a trial and error ministry. I don't want to get to follow somebody and down the line they say, look, I think I do not see it appropriately. Uh, uh, And that is why with false prophets that even rose in the message ranks, many of them are no longer around. Because that was temporary. That was just to get people hyped up and excited, but it does not leave long-lasting results. The only message that leaves long-lasting result, it is the message that we have received from God's prophet. Any improvement, any addition, it is not going to lead you anywhere. Are you still with me? Quit staying out here where you are tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Every little thing comes along. And don't you know the Bible says in the last days that how men will come and be like angels of light in the last days, how they would take revenge. And the devil's ministers are angels of light. The devil's ministers are angels of light. That has got to be emphasized. Don't you realize that Eve was seeking new light when the devil talked to her? She had an appetite for a new gospel. She had an appetite for an alternative to the one, to the thing that God gave them originally. And caused every graveyard to be out here. And caused every insane institution. Caused every penal farm. Caused every death. Every sorrow. Every starving baby. Every dying mother. She was searching for something new. She was looking for something she could do. Find new. Oh God, take me back to the Shekinah glory. And I don't know how many this evening say, God, take us back to the Shekinah glory. We are not looking for a new thing. We are not looking for a new gospel. We are not looking for candy Jesus. We are looking for the same Jesus that would declare the truth in an uncompromising manner. When he saw them during the time, he said, you children of vipers. And I'm saying that Jesus, you can never improve him. The sweet Jesus that you are being preached to about today, it is not the original Jesus that was there. The sweet Jesus that we see today, hallelujah, it is how to make people rich while they are spiritually poor. There are ministers today that cannot stand behind the pulpit and preach without mentioning money. Money has become God in the end time. 
Even churches are filled up because people would want the secrets of how to make money. That's why you've got rascals like Bushiri that goes around and tell people that you can see me. You just come and pay 7000 for consultation. And the man has amassed lots and lots of money. Why? Because the people in the end time, they've rejected the truth. This gospel, folks, it is without money, it is without price. The moment money is involved, it is of the David. Hallelujah. He died for the church free. He rose for the church free. He forgave the church free. He is going to take the church into the rapture free. He is going to resurrect you for free. If it requires money, it is of the David. And we're beginning to see the commercialization of the gospel. Ministers today, even when you put them next to the graveyard to bury somebody, they cannot talk. Because all they know is 16 million, 16 ways how to become a millionaire. What are you going to say next to the grave? You can't preach such a gospel. But our gospel, folks, it is relevant for every occasion. It is relevant when a baby is born. It is relevant when you get married. It is relevant when you die. It is relevant for every sphere of your life. This gospel will work any time under any conditions. Are you here? If you are happy, it will work. If you are broke, it will work. If you are sick, it will work. When you are lost, it will work. It will work at every time. I don't want the gospel that works only when things are going fine. Somebody told me that they had been invited to a church and when they got there, the people that had invited them, they had to withdraw 500 rents and give it to them and say, when we go to church, just give this 500 because if you don't give, the man of God becomes very sad, upset. Visitor. Okay, somebody say, I wish I was the one that was giving 500. When the offering time comes, I was going to go to the loop and never come back. But money... It has become the God in the end time. Money has replaced the authentic gospel. But my prophet said, oh God, take me back to the Shekinah glory. This evening I say, God, there are new revelations, new doctrines, new ministries, all things that I knew. But take me back to the gospel of Malachi 4. Take me in the veil with you, I'm satisfied with Jesus. Lord, let me lose myself and find it in you. In the message, Spiritual Amnesia, paragraph 117, Brother Branham says, they had gotten, but they had gotten, he speaks about Israel in a backsliding condition, and I believe what Israel went through, the church of God is going through, but they had gotten a bad case of this spiritual amnesia. And I'm getting, I'm getting to see how rife spiritual amnesia is beginning to be abandoned, even in message cycles. People don't know where we come from, where we are, and where we are going. People don't know what is our scriptural identity. People are beginning to forget what God did in the end time that he sent us the prophet in the end time. 
And while at it, folks, there are people that are going to leave this ministry of Elijah. I'll repeat, there are people that are going to leave this ministry of Elijah. Not because Elijah is wrong, but they would hate him because of the high standard that he has put. There are people that are in the message that are angry with the prophet. That why did he say what he said? And they're even becoming more angrier with the people that repeat what the prophet said. There are men that are ready to leave their wives when we preach about marriage and divorce. They go red on the face. There are young girls that would want to live filthy life. When we speak about clean living, they get angry. But uh, the prophet says, where are the Gentile mighty warriors? He says, if you are there, he says, it's difficult to stand alone. He says, come and stand with me so that we can cut through this hole of unbelieving Philistines. Are you a Gentile mighty warrior? There is a, a clarion call by your prophet say, come and stand with me. Come and stand with the message that I delivered. Don't go with a new revelation, new Jesus, this junk that is happening in the end time. It has not stood the test of time. This message has stood the test of time. Well, I get ahead of myself. I was listening to a man called Jack Cole. Jack Cole says, I was in town and I had a revival that was taking place. And it says, when I was there, I heard about a man called William Brenham that had a meeting not far from where I was. And I was told that he was designing the secrets of the hearts of the people. Then he says, then I went to go and check out because I had been convinced that such thing cannot happen. He says, I went to the meeting. And when I got to the meeting, he says, there was no space for me in the prayer line. I took the front seat. And he says, he came. And he says, right on the platform came a young boy who, 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 who had empty sockets. He did not even, even have eyeballs. And he says, William Brenham held that boy. This is the renowned evangelist testifying about this miracle. He says, when the boy came, William Brenham got hold of the boy and prayed for the boy and said, in th- within three days, you are going to receive your eyesight, ball, uh, eyesight back. Your eyeballs will grow. Eyeballs. And he says, then the boy left. He says, then Brother Brenham was going out. He was just next to the exit point. And he says, when he got there, Brother Brenham stood and looked at him and prayed for him. And later he told him, he said, you were busy with the revival. And he says, you, you are not sick. You are tired. He says, but God has called you to pray for the sick. And he says, keep on doing what you are doing. And he says, he moved away. Then Jephko says, I went to look for the boy. He says, after two days, I found the boy. The eyeballs had grown. But he says, the boy did not see yet. He says, I went back on the fourth day to check on the boy. He said, the boy was completely healed, could see. And I've got a question. In whose there's only there's only one person 
that can create eyeballs. It is not William Brenham. It is Jesus Christ that can create new eyeballs. And I'm saying, the same God that created the eyeballs is the same God that brought the message. Do you believe that? The same one that created the eyeballs is the same one that preached marriage and divorce. The same one that created eyeballs is the same one that preached the conduct. The same one that created the eyeballs is the same one that told us what to do to be rapture ready. So therefore, if that God cannot be replaced, we will not even replace him today. We are going to stick with him. Are you still with me? Now, in the message 117, uh, spiritual amnesia, he says, but they had gotten a bad case of this spiritual amnesia, like Eve got on her, around through the garden one day. Now, she is like Israel, suffering from this same disease, an allergy from a seminary diet that will give you spiritual amnesia. An allergy from seminary and an, a seminary diet, an allergy from a seminary diet that will give you spiritual amnesia. Now, let's pack it for a moment. It is always a case that people can come out of something into something and not forget where they come from. And the reason they don't forget the moment the journey becomes difficult, then they are able to say, but when we were in Egypt, we had graves. When we were in Egypt, we ate. When we were in Egypt, we had houses. But the reason they are able to refer back is because they came out, but they still had the experience of where they came from. And here's something beautiful, brother. Let me say, I thank God that he got hold of me before the church did. I say, he said, I thank God. He said, I thank God. God got hold of me before the church did. Why? Brother Branham has got no point of reference except to refer back to the God that got hold of him. You and I, we have been to different churches. That's why a lot of people sometimes can even say, you know, in the message, things are not right. I remember when I was in Baptist. Who are you fooling? In Baptist, your preacher divorced. In Baptist, they were living filthy lives. In Baptist, they were fighting. But you want to forget where God redeemed you from. And you want to use it as a point of reference. And I'm here tonight to report there is nothing that comes on par with the message of the hour. I'll repeat the statement. There is nothing that comes on par to the message of the hour. There is no religion, there is no system, there is no methodology, there is nothing that you can put on par with the message of the hour. There are good people within the system, but they will never produce what this message produced. Are you still with me? We are a seven Adventist men that came to me while we are here and say, how do you get it right that your sisters can dress the way they are dressing? We are struggling with the very thing. And I said, you don't know. No matter how much you can preach it, you will never be able to deliver the result. The only thing that unlocks the anointing 
for one to live a godly life, to dress modestly, it is the message of the hour. Nothing will come on that level. Are you here, church? A Muslim man told me, he's in Middleburg, he says, I'm, he says, I'm getting married. I said, are you getting married? Don't you have a wife? He says, no. Uh, I'm getting married to the third one. And I realized this man closes his, closes his shop every day from 12 to 1 or from, from 12 to 2 to go and pray. He has even gone to South Arabia. They've got a, a pilgrimage that they speak about where they spend three months in South Arabia. But yet, one wife is not good enough for him. He still needs the second one. He still needs the third one. Because Muslim religion can never deliver a man from last in the end time. The only thing that can deliver the man is the message of William Brennan. It can never be replaced. Sisters, I want you to listen to me. Some of their husbands are struggling to leave the message. And they are criticizing the message. And the sister joins like a pirate and says, nye, nye, You don't know. He's criticizing the prophet because he's got a mistress under his arm. And the day he leaves there, he will leave you and you will be so embarrassed. That's why this era is an era of individual affair. If my wife goes, I remain. Hallelujah. If the church goes, I remain. This is a time for individual affair. Are you, we are not believing as a group. It's not a group affair. It's not a collective affair. It's an individual affair. If you backslide, I will never be like you. Because you are not my standard. The word is a standard. I say the word is a standard. There is a young girl that created a YouTube channel and was speaking about how to maintain your natural hair. And sisters had liked it. She was doing good, telling them this is how you need to maintain the natural hair. The hair, it means the glory. She had lots and lots of followers. And while she had amassed a lot of followers, then she turns around and says, I want to explain why I left the message of William Brennan. The goal was not to teach the sisters about natural hair. The goal was to attract them so that later she can introduce something. And I'm saying, goodness, does she think that we are twisted that we can leave the prophet of the hour and follow a woman that has put herself into, into jeans? After we have lived the message for 20, 30 years, we want to follow such a little rascal. Never! Church, I say, Never! I say never. If you leave the message and say you are a message in 30 years and there is nothing, you are never born again. I say you are never born again. I don't care whether you are a pastor or a deacon. It means absolutely nothing. You are never born again. When you are born again, you will never return back to Egypt. And you young ones, there is going to be an onslaught of the message on social media. People that you admire, people that you cherish are going to turn around and announce on social media and say we are done with William Brennan. There's a young boy that is in the United Kingdom that left the message and I rebuked him and said you don't do that. 
as I'm speaking right now, he is a homosexual. And he had a good following on Instagram. But people did not know. When he started making jokes about the message, it was jokes in a, you know, a humor. But us that have got discernment, we found it provocative. And we said, this boy is going somewhere. And in no time, he showed his true colors. But what was happening? The spirit of homosexuality in the boy hated William Brennan. Instead of the boy seeking deliverance, the boy was looking for followers. We will never follow any man. I said, we'll never follow any man. It doesn't matter how long you sang in the message. We will never follow you. This is a time for a showdown. The gloves are off against Satan. We have been too diplomatic for far too long. Either you are on the bus or you are not on the bus. Either you serve God or you don't serve God. Either you are a message believer or you are not a message believer. We will never accept anything in between. I said, we will never accept anything in between. This is a message church. Based on the teachings of William Brennan. His teachings are supreme in the church. Because they are the word of God. They are the absolute to us. If you disregard William Brenham, we are not your brother. We are not your brother. Brother Brenham said, what is an enemy? Anything that is against the weight. Anything that is against the weight. Folks, we've got to raise the bar. We have been, people have been pulling wool over our eyes for long. That time is over. Trying to dilute the message. You guys are fanatical. No, it is a modern age. Nonsense. Are you still with me? Spiritual amnesia. How many of you remember where God took you from? Amen. Amen. Now, a seminary diet will give you an allergy. And then the first thing you know, you'll get an amnesia real bad. Then you don't believe anything the Bible says. That's what the matter with the church. That's what the matter we can't have a revival today. That's what's the matter with the people today. They've been so drug over calls everything. And every so drug over calls of everything and every ism that could hatch up till they don't know what is right and wrong. She can't remember her Lord. She can't remember his weight. She can't remember the promise. That was, that was just what was the matter with Israel. When Jesus came on the scene, they could not remember, even remember that a vision shall conceive. They could not even remember that Moses said, the Lord your God shall raise a prophet like an unto me. They had a spiritual amnesia. 
And people are having spiritual amnesia. They don't remember what Brother Branham said. They don't remember the Lord that called them. They've forgotten. It is a bad case of spiritual amnesia. Now, in the message, the way of a true prophet, there is a way of a false prophet. It's very easy to identify a false prophet. He never preaches about repentance. False prophet will never tell you to repent. He will tell you that you are good enough the way you are. And while he makes you feel good enough, he will tell you that I need your cash. And after you have given the cash, he just makes you feel good and fill you with the vavavum. Any condemnation not needed. You can live the way you want and come and listen to him. No condemnation. That's a false prophet. But it says, paragraph 75, when the word of the Lord comes to a true servant, he must go regardless of circumstances or regardless of difficulties. He must go anyhow, whether he is prepared, whether he feels like it, whether he wants to, whether whatever more, he must go. Anyhow, is God speaking, and he must carry this message. He never goes for foolishness. Folks, we see foolishness in our time. Following, following a false prophet requires foolishness. Not just be deceived, but absolutely foolishness. Grown men with gray hair and gray beards calling a boy barber. What nonsense is that? Calling a young girl in skimpy clothes mama. That's foolishness. Say a video of men where a pastor says he's got a holy weight. He would not touch the ground. And men were carrying him on their shoulders on a chair. And he was saying he's preaching the weight. I would never call such a man that carries such a man my father. If it was my father, would have a problem. How foolish father can you be? Do you see foolishness that is coming in the end time? Giving a false prophet 100,000, a widow whose husband passed away, got money, and gives it to the false prophet 100,000, and says they, he will trouble it. If he's got the ability to trouble money, what is he doing with your money? Foolishness in the end time. Because people are greedy, and people have rejected the word of God. Amen. He must go anyhow. He says he never goes for foolishness. He never goes for money. One thing that convinces me about Brother Brenham outside miracles, outside the Bible, 
It is just his conduct and his lack of obsession with money. If he was false, he would have wanted because he was promised money that you would never worry about money if you only throw your influence behind one organization and he turned it down. That's a true prophet. He never goes for popularity. How, how, how do you, you've got such prominence in the end time? Everywhere, full gospel businessmen are inviting you to preach to them. Billy Graham is being invited, he's caught in the White House. But you are sitting there and you say, Jacqueline Kennedy has got the spirit of Jezebel upon her and J.F. Kennedy has got the spirit of Ahab. That means you're not looking for popularity. And people tell you that, look, stop what you are saying. If you just pray for the sick, they get healed, you'll be fine. What was happening? It was the spirit of Elijah in him restless. It was the spirit of Elijah identifying that the same Ahab is here in the end time. The same spirit of Jezebel is here in the end time. That's what made him restless. He goes, he only goes in the name of the Lord for one thing. He's got a mission. He is sent of the Lord. He is the word of God. He is. There it is. He is the word of God. Because he is carrying the word of the Lord. That is a true prophet of the Lord. Folks, can you read after me? He is the word of God. Because he is carrying the weight of the Lord. If it's the weight of the Lord, are you going to debate with him? It is for your own detriment. You will die. Because, and it's not just the weight of God. He is carrying the weight of the Lord. Let me help you for those that may stumble. The word Christ means anointing. Moses was anointed by God during the time of Egypt. And Brother Rome said he became Christ in his time. And later on, Jesus was anointed. We know that Jesus was Christ. Later, in the end, every prophet of God that was anointed became a representative of God, of, of Christ, during their generation. And Brother Branham in our time was a representative of Christ. It doesn't mean that we worship him because he's not here. You are the representative of Christ. It's not because you are Christ. It's because you are carrying the weight of God. I hope we are together. Israel was in a backslidden condition. Her preachers, her priests, and also her government had all left the word of the Lord. Now, they didn't believe that. They believed that they were with the word of the Lord. But there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. They had an error because that they had put their own inter- translations or interpretations to the word. Today we've got an error. There's many translations and interpretations. And any interpretation that has an element of a personality inside, it must be rejected. Folks, we are no longer looking outside. We are looking even in the camp. Some men have lost their minds right in the camp. 
Some men have twisted quotations. They are calling themselves the Elohim. Nonsense. Elohim doesn't sleep. If you sleep, you are not Elohim. If you are born, you are not Elohim. If you are going to die, you are not Elohim. If you eat, you are not Elohim. And while these men come, people are jumping up and down. Is Elohim nonsense? It must be rejected. Folks, we only serve one God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. We will never worship any man. Any man that has got any aspiration to be worshipped in the message cycle, such men must be rejected. It's a spirit of, it's an ancestral spirit in him who wants to be worshipped. Some people, they thought because we follow William Brenham, we are gullible. They thought we will follow any other person that comes because they don't know what we saw in his ministry. Are you with me? In the church, must be scripturally trained. People must not come here with quotations and say, uh, God in a man, what? Does it make you want us to worship you? We, we've got people today, you see, I want to cast a demon in the name of my pastor. What does Exodus 4 verse 12 say? It says there is no name given to the human race whereby people can be saved except in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how much you love Madiba, Madiba is not a, a name of deliverance. You will say in the name of Madiba that demon will hit your heart. Because that name has got no power. It is a name of a mortal. There is only one name that was given to the human race. It is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In my name, in my name, they shall cast out demons. Not some pastor somewhere. But because of his bad case of spiritual amnesia and foolishness, People have embraced such nonsense. Why? It's because it's another Jesus. It's another gospel. With another spirit. But the elect will reject it. I say the elect will reject it. We are not going to jump on the bandwagon, folks. Even if half of the church can live and follow another Elohim, we are not living. We will carry on. If it takes five of us to worship, we will worship. We don't worship because we are a majority. When you live and follow Elohim, it will just confirm that we had a bunch of foolish people among ourselves and God has removed them. Maybe there is a sinner out there that wanted to worship and say, I can't go. If that guy still goes to that church, I will not go. So God is removing you so that a sinner can say, if that guy cannot accept it, that means this is the truth. Some people have left the message because God has deducted them from the message. They were a stumbling block. Amen. They had error because they had put their own translations or interpretations. In closing, when you when you have your smartphone And you operate it, and how many people whose phone here ever jumped? 
Yes, we may be having a new one, but <laughs> you were not always like that. Amen. You, you might have upgraded, but I want to remind you of the stages. How many people hear their phone once jumped? Just froze. And how many here have ever done what we call restore factory settings? There are people in the building. What happens when you do restore factory settings? What happens? It wipes everything out. Then the phone remains the way you bought it. How many have ever lost contacts because they did system reboot, uh, system restore? How many know the risk of doing a system restore? Even the message flashes on the screen. Are you sure? And sometimes you say cancel. Then you think. <laughs> then you try to use it, but there is a problem. And how many ever got to got very frustrated that when you say, "Are you sure?" Just say, "Look, you have asked me many a time. I'm sure." Delete and say everything wiped off. But the beauty, your handset comes back to you. It functions the way you got it when you bought it. And I'm saying. This message of William Brenham that God gave through William Brenham has had additions, applications, contacts. And I believe we've got to press system restore. What does it do? Restore it back to the way we found it. As much as you lost contact, you lose contact when you restore the message back to its condition. But the beauty, the message will work the way it worked when it was given to William Brennan. That's the beauty about it. And I think there is a need in the message to do a system restore. And and go back to the way of a true prophet. But in closing... We will not accept a candy religion. We will not accept a sugar-coated gospel. Are we, st- we are preaching, are we still baptizing? The people that we are baptizing, what do they see? They love the standard. This message will call the people of its own. A sugar-coated religion, yes, it can make us fill up this yacht in no time, but we'll be on our way to hell. We'd rather be unpopular with men but be popular with God. Young ones, hear me out. Your influence must not come from social media. It must come from the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people that you admire in the message, they're going to backslide. But it does not mean that you've got to backslide. They are not your standard. The weight is your standard. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How you dress, it must not be another sister being your standard. It must be your revelation. It must be your conviction. And so that when somebody does it wrong, you say, but that's not the way we have believed it. Why? I'm saying this message is going to be corrupted by people that are in our midst. 
Actually, not the message. They will try to corrupt other people because the message is incorruptible. Are we together? But God, like an ocean, cleanses itself. The message will cleanse itself. In closing, God bless you richly as we stand. Amen. We are not going to replace the prophet with philosophy. No, sir. No psychologist can be on par with the prophet. No philosopher can be on par with Brother Brenham. The prophet was the mouthpiece of God in the end time. In moments like this, or maybe let's just say, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. God bless you, Brother Freddy. He was just delayed. He had car issues. Amen. Uh, you know, brother, a certain brother, Pastor Mrandu in Zimbabwe, he had a car that gave him a problem. Then he said, he prayed and said, God, I'm tired of this broken chariot. I need a new chariot. And God granted him a new chariot. May God grant you a new chariot. Um, let's sing. How many desire to be like Jesus? Jesus. Thank you, Father.
in Jesus. Brother Lassimo, if you may come and wrap up in prayer for us. Amen. Jesus in our lives. witness, O oh God, that you are amongst us, O oh God. And whenever, Father, would you open your mouth, O oh God, and utter your voice, O oh Lord Jesus, 
We have got something inside of us, oh God, that can connect, oh God, mm. and really agree, oh Father, that you are amongst us, oh Lord thank Jesus. You, we would like to thank you, oh Father, for using your servant this evening, oh Father. Mm. We would like to thank you, oh Father God, for remembering us, oh God. We are in an age, oh Father God, that is so corrupt, oh God. We are in an age, oh Father God, whereby we need to talk, to take stocks of our own lives, oh Father. Yes. Whereby we need to get into our own lives, oh Father, to search, oh God, Father, whether we are still aligned with the same message, oh Father God, that was preached by your servant, Malachi 4, oh Father. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for this pulpit, oh Father, whereby we've got a man of God, we've got a burden, oh Father God, to point us, oh Father, in the real direction, oh yes. Father. I remember, oh Father, that message, oh God, when the, when the prophet, oh Father, said, stay in line, oh God. And here comes the servant, oh Father God, Lord Jesus, trying, Father God, to help us stay in the same line, oh God. Father, how we appreciate you, oh Father. How we open up our hearts, oh God, like that old man, oh Father, who said, even though you slay me, I will still stick closer yes. to you, oh Father. Lord Jesus, we are coming to you, oh God, Father, irregardless, oh Father God, of what you say, oh God, for we know, Father, we come into this house for the betterment of our lives, oh God. We have got no right, oh Father God, but to receive that which you say unto us, oh God. And, oh Father, we thank you, oh Lord Jesus. We are being molded, oh Father. We are the clay, we are the soil, oh Father. Mold us, oh Father God, after your own will, oh God. We want, oh Father God, to be separated from this world, oh God. It's contaminations, oh Father. We want to be separated from it, oh Father. Whatever it is, oh God, that is coming to spoil us, oh Father. Yes. May you help us to keep our garments clean, oh so God. Fun. May you clean our spirits, oh God. Clean our houses, oh God. Yes. Clean our wardrobes, oh Father. Clean everything, oh Father. Our sphere of influences, oh Father. May you clean them, oh God. That we may be a chest virgin, oh God. Presented unto you, oh God. Without spot or a wrinkle or any blemish, oh God. Oh my God and my Lord, how we thank you tonight, oh Father, for such a visitation, oh God. Yes. How we thank you, oh Father God. How we feel afresh, oh God, because there's something that has touched us, oh Father. Yes. Because the Spirit of the Lord has come into us, oh God, to shake us, oh God, to give us a quickening, oh Lord Jesus. Oh my God and my Lord, how we give you all the glory and the honor, oh Father. May you repeat this, Father God, for we know, oh God, that when we go home, the devil, oh Father God, will not rest, oh Father. Yes. He will fall us to our beds, oh God. He will fall us, oh Father God, when we sit down to think, oh God. There are a lot of things that are not right in our lives, oh God. But, oh Father, we know, oh God, that you put each and everything in order, oh Father. Be it, Father, spiritual, be it physical, be it, Father God, financial, whatever problems we have, oh God. We know, oh Father, that those things are good for us, oh Father. Because we are like gold that goes through fire for testing, oh Father God. Whatever test we are having, oh Father, we know that you will never stay forever, oh God. You said, come closer unto me, and I'll draw closer unto you, oh Father. Yes. And this message tonight, oh God, has taken several steps towards us, oh Father. And may you quicken us, may you awaken us, oh Father, that we may not be stagnant, oh God, but may we march towards, oh Father God, the promises of God, oh Lord Jesus. May we embrace, oh Father God, how deep, oh Father, how great, oh Father, how sincere this message of the hour is, oh God. Mm. Even if it means relatives who run away from us, let them get away from yes. us, oh Father. Even if it means, oh Father, friends who abandon us, let them abandon us, oh Father. Let us keep true, oh God, to the message of the hour, oh Lord. Because we're not called by men, oh Father, but there was that voice, oh God, that separated us, oh Father. When our brothers couldn't see the message, we saw it because of grace, oh Father. Mm. When our own parents, oh God, couldn't see the message, we saw it, oh God, because you are calling us for a higher calling, oh Lord Jesus. And oh Father, 
how grateful we are tonight, oh God. And we appreciate you, oh God, for there is a heaven, oh God, and one day we shall surely go there, oh Father. For as sure as we stand here tonight, oh God, for as sure as we feel your presence, oh God, we know, oh Father, we are marching toward the promise of God, oh Lord Jesus. And the angels, oh God, are beckoning us, oh Father. May you restore the energy that came out of your servant, oh God. May you enrich him, nourish him, oh Father, that every day, oh God, even when we see him, he might be a blessing to us, oh God. Oh my God and my Lord. Even those text messages that he sends up for us on WhatsApp, oh Father, may they keep on preaching unto us, oh God. May keep, they keep on reviving us, oh Father. May they keep on, oh Father, God, towing the reins in us, oh Father, that we may know, oh God, that there is a God, oh Father, that cares, oh Lord Jesus. Father, you care for sparrows, oh Father, for the birds of the air, oh Father, you do care for us also, oh Lord Jesus. Oh God, be with us, oh Father, as we, separate, we go our separate ways, oh God, as we go to our places of our board, oh Father, may the Spirit of the Lord, the angels of God encompass around yes. us, oh Father. Bless the pastor, bless his ministry, Oh, Father. Let bless the family, so. oh God. Bless the light, the elders of this church, oh Father. Let May everyone so. that is in here, Father, tonight, oh God, receive their portion of blessings, oh Father. May they be different, oh Father. May they be testimony, oh God, that will go, oh Father, God, with the preaching of this word tonight, oh God. And every ear that is heard, oh Father, may a seed be planted, oh God, Father. Even those that are new, oh God, Father, that are coming, oh Lord Jesus, oh Lord. We are not here, Father, God, to try, Father, to explain the message of the hour to them. But you will explain, oh God. You know the preacher was preaching, oh God. Maybe they don't know, they don't understand, oh Father. But the Spirit of God, Let which was preaching so, here, Father. will put everything into line, oh Set God, Father, it. that they may understand, oh Lord Jesus. We thank you, appreciate you, oh God. Oh my God and my Lord, we commit this service to you, oh Father. In the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Brother Branham says, give me a victory worker, give me a housewife, give me a farmer that will put God first, then I will show you a person that will succeed despite what Satan may put in their way. Put God first in everything. God will put you first. God bless you richly. There is a song, I don't know how many know, the end time message is moving like a magnet. It's moving over there. It's moving over here. This seventh thunder message is moving like a magnet. Buddy, buddy, you would want to help us with it. These are good old-time songs. Amen. You know there are new songs and there are old songs. Old songs were baked through the oven of time. Amen. How many know this song in the building? Come in the front. Come in the front, buddy, buddy. Come in the front, there is a mic here. Amen. How many know that this message is moving everywhere? Whether it's China, whether it's in India... There is not even a one country in the world that you can go and not find this message. Actually, the message is about to be translated into all languages. All languages the message is being translated into. Because it's moving everywhere. And some of us have found us. Come, come with it. 
Amen. I see some of you are struggling here. Study body come. This song we're gonna sing it. Because it's the truth. We will do justice to this song. Yes, sir. Yes. I will just stand next to them. We I'm not firing you. We are helping one another. Amen. You know it, Sister Cheryl? Is my mommy, do you know it? Sister Lauren, do you know it? Yeah. Yes, yes. We want to sing this song. Because the message is moving by force. We need to sing it by force. Amen. Come with it. time junk with Bushiri tendencies. Never. Absolutely never. You must be a self-respecting human being. This is what we believe. The son of man is revealed. 